singing praise to the Lord Almighty. We're, we're going to kind of talk about that we're actually setting our destination to be in that place where God is going to have for us. And right now we're just kind of preparing in our minds what that's going to be like, even though we don't understand fully, we can understand a little. Is that about as clear as the Mississippi River? Yeah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, we do thank you that you have prepared us for you and you've prepared a place for us all. And we are thankful that we can come and learn about that even today as we worship you and learn to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Well, I just want to thank everyone who has a part in our service because here's what happens when uh, you miss a Sunday, the pastor gets to do, do, it, do it all, and it does, it's the joy of my heart, and I'm thankful for everyone who uh, contributes to our service and, and, and adds a part, and I uh, just want you to know how valuable that is uh, to us all. And there may be some this year who would like to step up to the plate and offer to do uh, responsive reading or sometimes a children's sermon or something. And if you would like to do that, all you need to do is just let us know in the office so that we can schedule a time for you. Today Judy is with us and I'm going to ask her before we have our time of prayer, she was going to come and share a few words with us. So Judy, will you come please right now and uh, tell us, I know we haven't been together since Mr. Hughes went to be with Jesus. First of all, I'm really glad to be home. And there are not very many of my friends here, but that's alright. They'll come when they can. I'm a I'm very confident that the Lord's going to bring us all back and this church is going to be filled. And if it isn't filled with the old people, we're going to get new people. This is the time the Lord has really set aside for us a new beginning. This, it may not look the same. It may be more glorious. Like where my husband has just gone to a glory that's beyond measure. And I looked up at him and I said, and this guy, our family got together yesterday in the, around my ponds and we all had balloons, little kids, big kids, and the little three-year-old said, I want my balloon. I want my balloon. She didn't want to let go of her balloon. But we all let go of them and they went up in the sky, beautiful all around those ponds and floated around and stuck in a tree and in the Miraculously, they got unstuck and went on up into the heavens to celebrate the beautiful homecoming of my dear sweet husband that I had for 27 years. And I got to tell you the most beautiful thing that brings tears to my eyes right now. I had to call 911 and Take, they came and they gave him shots and his glucose got down to 28 or something like that. It was really, really bad news. And that's when we got hospital beds and all that and I thought we were going to maybe have to have hospice and one thing or another. I didn't know. But the nurse, we had home health at that time and she, at the next day she came and uh, oh, by the way, I had when his glucose got that long, there wasn't anybody there but me. And he fell, gone to the bathroom. 
and I called 911 and that's when they came and fixed him all up. It was beautiful what all they could do and how they could comfort me. And then the next day the nurse came and she uh, gave all the report to his doctor and the doctor said make me appointment for them Monday. So we went and he said you got to go um, to the hospital and he, he says you got to go now because his kidneys were closing down. And, and Hugh said, I'm not going to COVID City. And he said, oh yeah, I think you need to go. We can't give you what you need in the doctor's office. You gotta go. So here I am in my car. We got our car there, which he insisted upon driving, <laughs> even in his conditions. And I, I told him he could not, that. This was, I was putting my foot down. I never did that in our marriage much. And he says, are you giving me an ultimatum? You know, he, <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> it was the first, first time I really booked him because he, he was a strong man and I loved him much, but I wasn't going to ride with him. So we got there and there was no way to get back home because they wouldn't let me ride in the ambulance. So he, we got to the doctor's and... Uh, he said, you're, you're not going anywhere except to the hospital and got there. And I got to tell you, that hospital was so good to me and they treated me so beautifully. And at the very end, the night before he died, he talked in his sleep all night. He went back to VA where he worked and he was pouring sand and this, that and the other. <laughs> and then one time he said, well, Judy's going to have a fit about this. <laughs> of course, I don't know what this was. But finally, I, I poked him and he kept on talking. I was trying to sleep and I was sleep deprived because for a week I didn't sleep hardly. And uh, I said, I didn't know he was dying. I poked him and I said, look, I'm trying to sleep. Could you quit talking? <laughs> and he said, he just looked at me because he was really out of it then. And, but he did wake up. And I said, okay, um, I'm going to go back to sleep. So the nurse came in. And she, I called the nurse because he was acting funny. One himself. I can't describe what he was doing, but it wasn't right. And uh, so she came in. And she, so I said, woo, I can get some nap. The nurse going to take care of him. So I kind of was drifting off to sleep. And that nurse came over and she put her hand on my shoulder and she says, sweetheart, I think your husband is going to Jesus. And she says, you can crawl in the bed with him if you want. And I did. I crawled in that, that bed and I just hugged him. He was still warm. He was dying. He couldn't respond. But I sang victory to Jesus to him because that was his favorite song. And I told him goodbye. And I boo-hooed so loud, I didn't care who heard it. By golly, I said, this is coming out. Because I'm not going to go around with life with junk stuck inside me. So I let it all out. And it felt better. And, and they, they cried too because I kept saying things like, Oh, Mick, who's going to tell me when to take my medicine? <laughs> I can do it. But at the time, I, that's what I said. I'm having to learn to do a lot for myself now. And I will. With God's help, I've given my life to Jesus before and I give it to him again. And I have a prayer every morning that says, the first I do the, uh, that one that says the doxology in the church here. I just think that's the neatest little song. And then I do the one that one of my church Pentecostal friends taught me and it goes come into my heart come into my heart come into my heart Lord Jesus come in today come in to stay come to me Lord Jesus and I'll end with that Amen thank you Miss Judy no, bless you, bless you.
Well, we're going to continue in prayer. We are want to remember the Mitchells. Um, we want to remember Miss Judy in this transition that she's experiencing. We want to remember uh, Dustin, uh, Tammy Casey's son. Dustin has uh, been assigned to a new location where he'll be separated for his family for a period of time, a, a long period of time, and she asked us to remember him, that uh, he's beginning that preparation for separation this coming week, and we just want to keep Dustin and his, his wife and children in prayer during this time of, of separation. Also, for Diane Upright, uh, healing for, for her, and we want to remember Barbara McCormick, uh, Mike Mincher, we're thankful to have Elizabeth with us and, and Virgil back and, and our musicians and our choir. We're grateful for everybody that's able to be here. Uh, and uh, we also want to give thanks that Caden Upright was born Saturday. So we are grateful for that. Let's pray. Almighty God, we do thank you again that you have invited us to come before your throne with our requests, with our prayers, with our thanksgiving. And you are the God who gives life, Lord, and you are the God in whom we commit those whom we love to. And when this life on earth is over, we are so grateful for the promise of eternal life with you. Lord, we thank you for all those who have come and given such great testimony of who you are. And we thank you for Hugh Kilpatrick's life and the ministry that you gave him while he was here and the faithfulness that he showed during that time. We thank you, Lord, that to be absent from the body here on earth for a believer is to be present with the Lord and we all long to be with you in your time. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask, Lord, you would continue to bless us as a people, revive your church, protect our nation, Lord, as we go through this period of transition. We pray that you will have mercy on us again and righteousness and truth will protect us and, Lord, we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' matchless name and all God's people said, Amen. I'm sorry. Oh. Let's just let's just sing another song. Thank you. You may remain seated as we join together singing victory in Jesus.
stand if able as we follow up with I, we sing praises to your name <clears throat> followed by the doxology two things. Uh, we're going to look again back. You know, we, we, we had gone through the book of Hebrews and we never did actually finish and we won't finish uh, today or this week or next month because there's no finishing. It's just uh, being exposed to it again. Uh, but we need to keep keep uh, getting into God's Word, allowing God's Word to get into us. But we're, we're going to look at a passage in uh, Hebrews chapter 13. And uh, actually, I'm going to read verses 9 through 16, and we're going to focus on this verse that's on the screen. And then I'll, we'll read Revelation, it's 21, verses 1 through 5. And maybe before we get into that, just to give you a little bit of history uh, of what for, you know, uh, somebody asked how I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm very grateful. Uh, uh, as you know, a couple of us tested positive. Uh, Elizabeth and Virgil, they're both here. They're, they've expended their time and they're here and being safe. And uh, Thursday night, we had, Gil and I went out to eat and we were set right beside the Mitchells of all people. And then we found out on Friday that they... A week ago. I'm sorry, a week ago. Yes, a week ago. Uh, and so anyway, um, you know, we were exposed uh, possibly again. And though there wasn't any symptoms that I was feeling, all of a sudden on Friday, Gail begins to feel bad. And she's feeling bad. And I'm not, but she is. Saturday, we had the funeral for Miss Jean Deming, but it was outside. And Randy Cooper graciously came and did the main part. And I just volunteered to sing a song and play my guitar. And actually, Virgil had been asked to do that, I found out later.
later on and he was unable to do it and he would have done it much better than me but I went in his place and we sang and we were apart from one another so there was no fear we had a mask on of contamination but you know I just thought after all that on my way home I thought you know it'd probably be better that we just call service off Sunday so we did and then, of course, we called off some meetings that we had during the week that weren't absolutely necessary, and we thought Jubilee Wednesday would be good to have a little pause on that. And uh, so we talked to everybody involved and got their input, and they thought it was a good idea, too. Um, and then, on uh, this past Monday, I was talking to a friend of mine who had gone to California. He's a professor at... Uh, the college here and uh, he had tested positive for COVID but while he was there on three weeks in California he he said that he called this uh, number uh, this is an, not an ad for these people but performance uh, medicine in Knoxville Tennessee did a teledoctor call and and the teledoctor prescribed for him a regiment for people who have tested positive so I thought you know what I haven't tested positive but it sounds like a good idea I'm gonna call the doctor and see if I can get the same regiment and get on it whether I'm positive or negative I'll just take it I'll take it like I'm positive so I began that regimen and basically it has some hydrochloroquine in it a whole bunch of vitamin D a whole bunch of vitamin C a whole bunch of vitamin A and a steroid to go along with it so I feel I, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, you know, if anybody takes a steroid, you know that kind of hypers you up a little bit. And uh, but I feel I feel well, or I wouldn't be here, right? I feel safe, but I'm keeping my distance today. And uh, I just wanted to tell you where we're at here, uh, and I think we're going to be back to our uh, normal uh, routines uh, beginning uh, Wednesday for. Jubilee Wednesday. Uh, so here we have uh, Revelation chapter, excuse me, Hebrew chapter 13, verses 9. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Now he's talking about ceremonial foods that were being practiced and certain practices that went along with the tabernacle worship and he's talking to believers saying that those things were a shadow of the past so don't be carried away by those or any other strange teaching but then he says it is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace not by ceremonial foods which are of no value to those who eat them for we have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat the high priest carries the blood of the animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here... We do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess His name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased." Now we're going to turn to Revelation chapter 21, and it should be on your screen there. And I'm going to turn to it right here and read verses 1 through 5. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and He will live with them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. 
And He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then He said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, beloved, we've just come through revisiting this great reality of Jesus' birth and the prophet Isaiah's declaration that for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then it says, of his increase his government and peace there will be no end and then there's a, a, a scripture I'm leaving out just for this ending part of emphasis from that time forward even forever and this is the biblical truth it's going to be established in a place not on a cloud and I thought this is good for us as we begin again this new year, and this is a week late sermon, but it's not too late, that we make sure our priorities are in order again as we continue this calendar. Because the life we're experiencing here is real, but the life that will be there is more real because it will be forever and ever and ever. And the writer to the Hebrews is actually writing to a group of believers who were facing persecution for their faith and he was reminding them that there is a city that we're looking for that is much greater than anything that we've ever seen here. You see, the city of Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem to the Jew, represented the place of God's presence. It was... As the psalmist wrote, the city on the hill. It was the, the city of the great king. It was the joy of the nations. And how prophetic it was for theologians tell us that this writing of this book to the Hebrews had taken place or was written before the, the city Jerusalem, the old city Jerusalem was destroyed. Because when that city was destroyed, for the Jew, that would have transformed their lives. I mean, there were thousands of Jews who were living outside of the city, more Jews outside of the city of Jerusalem than inside of the city of Jerusalem, but they all looked to Jerusalem as their anchor as their hope, as their testimony of the foundation of them being the people of God. And when it was destroyed, it shattered their being. And I believe it's so important that we also always keep the city that we seek the city that we live for, we live in this city here, presently, now, but the city we live for is a city that cannot be destroyed. That will be forever. Peter wrote in his second epistle, he said this, since all these things will be dissolved. You know, he's talking about there's going to be a change in uh, terra firma as we know it. There's going to be a purging. There's going to be a cleansing. We, we don't understand fully. Some say it's going to be cleansed. Some say it's going to be replaced. But, but life as we know it will no longer exist. And he says... What manner of persons ought we to live in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening for the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Yet we 
According to His promise, we look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in Him in peace, without spot, and blameless. You know, we talked about the couples before during Advent, who were blameless before the Lord. That, that means they had their sins under the blood. I mean, they trusted God to take care of their sins. Of course, Jesus hadn't been born, but they were always trusting God to do what they could not do themselves, but they were being faithful to the Scriptures. And we can, well, you know, we will never not have to deal with sin, but we've been given a way to deal with it. We cannot have a pet peeve. We cannot justify not having our sins forgiven since Jesus died so that we could be forgiven. And beloved, as we start the new year, you know, it would be wonderful if we could just start, well, let's just start afresh and forget all the difficulties that we may have experienced with other people and other situations and other circumstances and be sure everything is under the blood. For we can't be responsible for another person's action, but we will be responsible for our reactions to whatever someone else has done. And this is a good year to begin to make a resolution and say, I am going to live this year as a forgiven person who is determined to forgive no matter what comes before me. I will forgive because I am forgiven. I want to be spotless and blameless. You know, people are more afraid of... and You know... God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and we do need to be wise and we need to be intelligent, but people are more afraid about contracting COVID than they are about carrying around sins of unforgiveness or other sins in their life that they just justify. When those things should horrify us because Jesus has made a way for us to be spotless and blameless and to live in communion and in fellowship with one another. And if we refuse to do that, we are cutting ourselves off from the promises that He has made available to us. You know, there's this scripture that convicts us all very much. It says, how can you say you love God who you don't see if you don't love your brother or sister who you do see? I mean, how can anyone not be impacted when we read these words in our lives. So I believe as we start this new calendar year, it's crucial to remember that the greatest reality every human being is going to reckon with is eternity. We're instructed in the Word of God to set our mind on things above. And that doesn't mean that we ignore everything here on earth. It means that we have a higher priority than personal comforts and personal preferences. Did you get that? That's, to me, that's, that's worth... Setting our mind on things above means that we have a higher priority in our life than personal comforts and personal priorities. Personal priorities and personal comforts. And, you know, beloved, everybody wants to be comforted. I mean, gee whiz, who doesn't want personal comfort? No one seeks discomfort. But we must beware of justifying any compromise of our faith in Jesus for personal comforts. The idea that I don't feel like doing something just doesn't fit in Scripture. We do things not because we feel like they're, they make us feel better. We do things because we know they're right. We do things because the Word of God instructs us to do things, not because it, it makes us warm and fuzzy. 
You know, there was nothing warm and fuzzy about the cross, and each of us have a cross to bear. And, and we don't have the personal preference to say, I would just rather have the gold one with the chain around it. Thank you. You know, it's interesting that the monks in monasteries... Now, Paul tells us some of these things are, are not really of advantage, or they don't... Maybe they are advantageous somewhat. I mean, we do need to have a disciplined life, but you know, the monks, they used to wear wool, woolen robes. Anybody slept in an army wool blanket on their bare skin knows that is not comfortable to a person's body. But they would do that in order to dissatisfy their bodies. They would, they would do that as a way of crucifying the flesh, of saying we're not going to let this body rule in the decisions we make in life. They would be very disciplined in their reading of the Scripture, very disciplined in their work, very disciplined in the things that they would do. They, they would do that. Now I'm not suggesting that we need to go out and trade in our cotton for wool. But I'm suggesting we live in a comfort-pacifying society. And Christians too easily go, I'm not going to do it because I don't feel like it. When you just can't be faithful to the Scriptures and justify personal comfort over blamelessness in the Scripture. Yesterday, I actually went to see a, a, a... I met with a fellow that uh, on our property, Gail and I, we hope to lay a foundation to start a place. And, and we are, we're going to try to build a basement. I met with a Mennonite who came, drove and met with me and we looked at the place and talked about it. And, and after, after, after we talked about this and I spent some time there... Uh, on my land, I went to go see my neighbor who has known me since before Christ, 96 years old, Carlos Coble. And every time I go to him, I think this is the last time I'm going to be with him. And uh, like with Mr. Hugh, we prayed together before I left. And you know what was so good to go see Mr. Hugh the last day that I had the opportunity to see him was. Uh, he met me at the door, and then when we met, picked you up at the doctor's office, he was insistent that you get home. Get you home safe, and he was going to go be taken care of. And so, but we prayed together, and Mr. Hugh, the last thing he said to me, it's by God's grace. And it is by God's grace. And Carlos, here's the irony. I went to go see Carlos, and I was telling Carlos about... You know, the city that will last forever. That's what we're looking for, Brother Carlos. Carlos was on his deathbed and, and, and he, he had worked hard. He had been a faithful follower of the Lord for many years. We would Every time I would go and visit them, we would have a word of prayer and they're of the Pentecostal persuasion. And if you're familiar with some of the Pentecostal persuasion, they would say to me, Brother Tom, lead us in prayer. And then I would start to pray and Carlos and his wife both would join in and we would all be praying together. And I'm thinking, now who's leading this prayer? <laughs> you know? Uh, but you can get a lot more praying in that way. You know, instead of waiting until everybody else is finished. But, but anyway, since the last few months, Carlos would let me pray and then he would pray. And he would seal the prayer. You know, I could just feel the presence of God when he would pray because he's been doing this for so long and he's so close to being to that other city. And he has his property and he has his home and he has his farm and he has his land and he has his Cadillac in the garage and he has all those things and they don't matter because he's so close to this eternal city. And you know, this is my whole purpose today, is that we keep our priorities in order. You know, I just recently heard a, a funeral procession for a friend of ours, a memorial for a friend of ours, and, and the pastor pointed out that, you know, God really, He created us, not that we 
God didn't create us so that we could love God. God created us so that He could love us. And He wants to love us eternally. And He has a, a place to do that. He's made a way for us to be able to be there through His Son, Jesus Christ. He showed us the greatest example of what love is, that He laid down His life for us while we were yet sinners. That proves His love to us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And that should anchor us. When the feelings go south, that anchors us. When the emotions get its riled, that anchors us to the reality that everyone's going to face. And if we don't hold on to this, if we don't have this, if we're not anchored in this, if we're not sure of this, how can we reach anyone else with the love of God? If we're always petting our own peeves, if we're only concerned about having our own way, how is it that we're going to reach out to those who are broken like we are and tell them there's one who's come to heal us? You know, beloved, I'm, I'm so grateful for your presence here and I'm so grateful that Jesus promises to be with two or more. It's not about the crowds. But there's so many more people, I'm afraid, that aren't listening to our messages on the radio that need to hear our message. You know, some folks say that uh, humanity has existed and been in procreation for six to 7,000 years, and one day it's going to end, and there'll be no more humanity created, and, and we happen to be in on that that gift, because we're here, we're part of that. As they say that maybe there's been seven billion people from the time humanity was created until now, and there's about seven billion people now on earth. And I just wondered, you know, I was thinking, how many of that seven billion people are actually looking for that eternal city, or have been looking for that eternal city, or will be in that eternal city? You know, 7,000 years seems like a long time, but when you take 7,000 years and you put it on a scale of eternity, it's just a short plan for God that He's planned before the beginning of the foundation of the world that He would spend eternity with us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And after a billion years of being with Him, He's going to reveal more of His goodness and grace and a billion more years and a billion more years and so I, I, I end by saying this, uh, what city are you living for? We know what city we live in, but what city are we living for? Well, I hope that you're living for that city where Jesus will reign and His reign will never end. It will increase and it will be forever and ever and ever. And the Word of God says that we will reign with Him by His grace in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. We have a little song of reflection for you.
please stand if able as we join together singing Marching to Zion. Let's pray. Oh, gracious God, we do thank you that you've loved us first and you've never changed your mind and you're not going to change your mind. We thank you for all the promises that you have made ours in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for your word that you've made ready, readily available to us. And I pray, Lord, you'll help us as we begin this new year to be diligent about giving ourselves to your word. And we thank you again for your presence. And Lord, as we go out into the world, we need you and we pray that you fill us anew and afresh. Bless us now, O Lord, and forever. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said,
Well, she moved closer to you. That's the last I heard that they were moving, and then, yeah. then I lost it. There we go. Thank you. Let you know what? If you have a problem there, let me know. Okay. We've had some problems tonight. Okay.